0: Hello, and welcome to Capital Compass. We are the official podcast of the New York State Catholic Conference. I'm your host, Jillian. Today, in episode 34, I'll be talking with Bishop Edward Scharfenberger from the Diocese of Albany to discuss the situation in the Holy Land and the Catholic Church's relationship with the Jewish people. In the horrific October 7th terrorist attack in Israel by Hamas and subsequent retaliatory strikes in Gaza by Israel, thousands of innocent lives have been lost. Joining us on the podcast today to discuss the situation in the Holy Land and the Catholic Church's relationship with the Jewish people is Bishop Edward Scharfenberger from the Diocese of Albany. Welcome.
1: Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction that kind of sets the tone of our discussion, yeah.
0: Of course. Now, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is such a thorny issue with a long history, but people across the world were stunned and horrified at the atrocities directed at Israeli civilians, including children and women and the elderly. It's been said that the attack involved the greatest loss of life for Jewish people since the Holocaust. You yourself have Jewish ancestry on your maternal side, can you talk about what went through your mind when you heard about the Hamas attacks and as the gravity of the crimes against civilians became clear?
1: Well, I think, and I've always been very uh, conscious, appreciative, and thankful for uh, that uh, 25%, you know, my 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 genetic uh, composition and my history is, uh, is is on the Jewish side. However, my first reaction was not to view it from the lens of my Jewishness or that part of me that, you know, that is part of the heritage. But just as you said, uh, Julian, and many people, just the shock of the brutality of what happened. And I was thinking, what leads people to do this? What kind of hatred, what kind of anger, what type of brokenness has resulted in the decision to go ahead with this vicious, brutal, barbaric attack on innocent people. Then I began to thinking, is it perhaps motivated by some sort of a distorted reasoning that uh, the people who were attacked were not innocent, even though they were totally unknown to those that attacked them. So how would they know one way or the other? It was just a wanton, wanton disregard for life. So needless to say, as I put on my thinking cap and my historian's cap, I, I realized that this was done by Hamas. This was not done by Palestinians against Jews. This was done, well, I don't know about the second part of that, but this was done by Hamas, which does not represent... Palestine or Israel, for that matter, because there are Arabs and Jews that live in Israel. There are and Jews that live in, in Palestine. So I see this. Yes, ultimately, the war, as it has become right now, is a war between the state of Israel and Hamas, not between Jews and, and Muslims, not to mention the Christians who uh, live in, 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 both, uh, in all sections of the country.
0: Now Pope Francis has called for the release of hostages, you know, room for humanitarian yes. aid to reach the people of Gaza and a ceasefire, saying, "Quote: War is always a defeat, always." Um, is there a role for the Church to play here in this conflict?
1: Well, that's I think yes, in many many ways. And of course, the Church um, exists on many many different levels, uh, and certainly the Holy Father, <clears throat> as a successor of Peter. And speaking for all, all Catholics, for sure, and for many other people, it, that's one level. But the church exists on many levels. The, the church is present uh, throughout Israel, in, throughout Palestine. And, uh, and, and there are many people living there that are feeling this firsthand and living in the terror of this uh, of, of these days. So they're praying, they're fasting. And, uh, and we were all uh, invited to do that ourselves, too. So, yes, prayer and fasting is, is a big part of it. There has to be ultimately changes of a heart among people that make these decisions to do these kinds of things. And we can certainly pray for that as well, too. We could also pray that those that are engaged in combat, those who are making plans in order to, to stay uh, if not eradicate this evil, do so in a way that is respectful of the rules of international law. In other words, preservation of the lives of innocents, not, uh, not building facilities, not staging attacks near hospitals or, or mosques or, or synagogues or, or churches. And certainly, as Holy, the Holy Father called for, the immediate release of all of the hostages, all those being held that are innocent civilians that are being held against their natural freedom and in harm's way because of this this violence.
0: So you are a member of the Holy See's Commission for Religious Relations with the Jews, which was established by Pope St. Paul VI in 1974. Can you tell our listeners uh, what that is?
1: Well, it is something that I—it's a dialogue— it's an ongoing conversation that involves uh, Jew, uh, Jews and, and and Catholics on many, many different levels. So I happen to be also, in addition to the International Commission, which is a broad-based dialogue among Catholics and, and, and Jewish people of different persuasions, but I also happen to be involved in the subcommittee of the USCCB one of three committees actually of the USCCB that engages in dialogue with Jewish people. In this particular case, this particular subcommittee is in dialogue with uh, modern Orthodox Jews, which includes rabbis, uh, but also includes lay people on our side and includes bishops as well as lay people as well too. And uh, that has been very, very active for some five or six years that I have been on it, ever since I've been on it. And uh, needless to say, there are other levels of, of the dialogue that go on too that I participate in as well too.
0: I hope I don't butcher this name because I'm not as up to date with my Latin. But in his document, nostra et, uh, ete,
1: nostra etate, Ate. in our age, Thank in you. our time, yeah, uh,
0: which is hailed as groundbreaking and explicit rejection of anti-Semitism and. Transformative in Catholic Jewish relations, Pope Saint Paul VI said that the Church reproves any discrimination against men because of their race or religion, among other factors. How do we, as Catholics, honor this call to live for their part in peace with all men? You know, how do we get to peace?
1: Yeah, well, peace is um, is something that uh, can mean many, many different things to different people. Peace, from our faith perspective. Is the peace that God wants for the world? And it's not only what we sometimes mean by peace, like just the absence of violence or the absence of of uh, hostility in human hearts. Although that's a big part of it, but it is a harmony among all, all people that really uh, foretells uh, the peace of heaven itself. Because and and at the core of the inspiration of the teaching of Nostra Aetate about our respect for all human beings, uh, the dignity of everyone, regardless of race, creed, political preference, uh, uh, or any other uh, human factor or genetic factor or biological factor or or, uh, geographical or sociological factor, is our belief that God created uh, and continues to create all human beings specifically in the image and likeness of God so that we are... Uh, made in God's image and likeness, that we are uniquely reflections of the reality of who God is. And that, as a result of that, we are given the uh, gift and the promise of eternal life, and if we uh, say yes to the love of God that he gives us, we have an eternal destiny in heaven of joy and total peace, because total peace comes from really being godly. Uh, The more, the holier we become, the more we become like God, the more divinized we become, we might say, the more we are at peace. God is happy. God is at peace. God is full of complete joy in who God is. And God desires to share that with every human being. And by praying for holiness, by striving after and by accepting the means by which God invites us to pursue that path, we find Peace. Uh, We find peace in becoming holy.
0: Pope St. John Paul II called the Jewish people our elder brothers in faith of Abraham. Are you concerned about the rising anti-Semitism here in the United States and elsewhere?
1: Well, let me say it this way. It is rising, or is it emerging? Has it been there? And now is being released. Because we have seen some very shocking reactions, or I might even say, non-reactions, although silence is a reaction, too. It's a choice not to speak. And we've seen some very surprising and shocking evidence that the anti-Semitism that, as you say, may be rising, seems to have been there all along and not noticed. You know, after after the Holocaust, uh, after the the slaughter of 6 million Jews under the Nazi rule, not to mention those also that died in various concentration camps in other countries, including uh, present-day Russia. The uh, slogan that, after the acknowledgement and discovery and uh, of, of, of this uh, human tragedy, that we've heard was "never again." And yet, it's happened. You know, as you mentioned, uh, uh, the biggest uh, slaughter of, of, of Jews, non-combatant. Innocent Jews took place on October the 7th. And it was a shock to many because many would have thought that we were beyond that. But now we're seeing we're not. So, yes, anti Semitism is definitely present. And uh, whatever the reasons for it, it's not rational. It makes no sense. Uh, And uh, it is something that each and every one of us must ask you know, what do we do? What do we do by our example, by our way of living, to provide an alternative to uh, this kind of, I would almost have to call it, primitive uh, tribalism, whereby people are are condemned or or hated simply because they're Jews, you know? Similarly, we've seen this in other forms of, of isms, of racism, and Nationalism, You know, some call it a neo-tribalism, uh, whereby people will brand an entire group of people because of their race, because of their nationality, and treat them as unhuman or subhuman in some way. You know, all human beings are equal in the eyes of God, and all are called to live as brothers and sisters.
0: What is the Catholic Church doing at this time to promote peace in the Middle East? You know, how can we also promote supporting other human beings and, you know, working against anti-Semitism and all of this?
1: I I believe that uh, we may have addressed this already. We may have touched on this point already. I believe for all Christians, actually, but Catholics in particular, it is being who we are. And, and believing what we believe, and acting according to those beliefs. In other words, recognizing that in baptism we are made, we are in spirit, we are filled with God in our baptism. And if we're true to our baptismal call, we will uh, allow that seed of grace that has been given to us to grow and to make us holy. So become a better Catholic how, how do you become a better Catholic? Well, the most obvious ones are pray, the sacramental life of the Church. And, of course, there is, uh, we, we, we speak about it often during Lent, you know, that the spirit of sacrifice and almsgiving, you know, of being generous with our time and our talent, particularly with our patience. We need to be patient. Patience comes from the Latin word patior. P-A-T-I-O-R, which means I suffer, you know. And the word compassion comes from that, too, you know. But we are invited to have the patience of saints, literally, and to listen, listen to their eyes. Now, there are many people who, in seeing this violence, react in different ways. Some people speak of the violence that has long been a part of life in the area of the country where we have three major religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam converging. It's good for us to be good historians as well, too, to remember this is a part of the world in which everybody, practically everybody, who lives there has a story, has a history. And part of that history, part of that narrative are memories of oppression. In fact, there's uh, probably not a soul that lives in the territory of Israel, lives in the area we still call Palestine or in the Gaza Strip, who does not have some history of received or perceived oppression. You know, and, and, and Jews and Muslims and Christians can go back, sometimes within their own immediate families, and cite examples in which they believe they were oppressed because of their faith, because of their beliefs, because of their ethnicity. You know, and it, it, this is a, an area where people who share that common history of oppression have an opportunity to come together, and while they acknowledge that, and perhaps even the part they may have played by action or non-action in the continuation of that. Injustice, you know, and it's a time for listening to that, to listening to, you know, as I said at the very beginning, I said, how do people come to the point of believing that this act of sheer terror, which Hamas engaged in, you know, how do they get to that point where anything persuades them that this is an appropriate way for human beings to react towards other human beings, you know? And uh, part of that conversation has to be uh, listening to that history. At the same time, if we look at the roots of our faith, and this is true not only of the Christian faith, but the morality that Jews, Muslims, and Christians all subscribe to forbids the wanton taking of innocent human lives in the act that Hamas performed on that day. So this goes contrary to the conscience, the moral conscience of Christians, Jews, Muslims, and, and, and practically every other religious faith that believes in a just God. Because this is not justice. This is injustice. And where injustice exists somewhere, it exists everywhere. This is a crime against humanity.
0: Absolutely. Now, this is actually flows well into my next question, which is Pope Paul VI also spoke out vehemently against anti-Semitism, and at the same time, we on as we were talking about, we honor our Muslim brothers, who also believe in one true God. Uh, how do we balance these religious beliefs without taking sides as Catholics? You know, how do we make both the Jews and the Muslims? feel loved and respected in these circumstances? Well,
1: um, I can only speak for myself as a Catholic Christian, and what I believe is the call, first of all, of Jesus Christ himself. And his mission, really, initially, remember, was for the lost tribe of Israel, as, as, as remember that dialogue with the Canaanite woman. But Jesus is everyone's Savior, I believe. I believe that he is the true incarnate, you know, Son of God and Jesus Christ. Not everybody believes that. I believe that. But that belief calls me, therefore, to show the love of God uh, for all human beings. Remember the two greatest commandments when uh, Jesus was asked, you know, what are the two greatest commandments? And what did he say? We'll love God above all things, the whole heart, mind, and soul. God is the center. And The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered that question in so many different ways. Remember, famously, the parable of the Good Samaritan, in which the priest and the Levite passed this man by. We don't really know what he was, you know, and it wasn't really even a matter of questioning whether he was Jewish, whether it was what he was. But he had no faith at all. And the Samaritan, who was considered, you know, not. Not on the outs, you know. With the, he was the one that showed compassion and understood the meaning of what neighbor meant. So <clears throat> there are so many examples. So what do I say? Well, as I mentioned earlier, that the moral uh, conscience of practically every person of faith that I know of, you know, and certainly the major religions that we, we speak of, you know, and, uh, of Islam, of, of of Christianity, and of Judaism— Abhor the disrespect for human lives that is shown by this, what is happening right now, what happened on October the 7th. So I don't, I think there's much that we have in common to condemn. I think it's very important that we be clear that this is not a war uh, or ought not to be a war between Jews and Muslims and Christians thrown in there in some way because they're present, you know, throughout. It should not be seen as primarily a religious war. Now, that having been said, we cannot be naive to the reality that the charter of Hamas itself, using some understandings of some narratives, historical narratives, misunderstandings, I should say, has called for not only the elimination of the state of Israel, but of all Jews. You know, that is in the charter itself. That's why I say this is not what Islam is about. This is not what Judaism is about or Christianity. So I think that I pray that there will be a universal condemnation uh, of all of our faiths together. You know, Some have said this is a challenge for our ecumenical dialogue, and, and it is because uh, there have been, as we see from the reaction, or as I mentioned, the non-reaction of many people of faith, You know, a feeling that we must take sides, you know. But I think it is possible to speak out and to condemn what Hamas did without taking sides on what the political solution, if there is a political solution, should be. I have always Mm -hmm. been in favor of two states, the Palestinian state, Israeli state. Not everybody agrees with that, you know. But that's a political I don't even say I know. It's an opinion, okay? I think ultimately there has to be a respect, you know, for Palestinians and Jews, and and the desire to have their own 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 state, their own territory, and somehow or other that is a challenge that uh, we pray will be eventually worked out. I do. However, if we avoid seeing this as only a political conflict, and see this as Something that involves human beings, people of m- not just two faiths but more faiths, that uh, have every right to be respected, to live freely in whatever country they are, to practice their faith to the fullest extent, you know, that their conscience demands. Uh, that is something that I think forms a basis for dialogue among. Uh, and ecumenical and interfaith dialogue as well, too. Freedom of religion, freedom to practice, and uh, freedom to have a home to call their own.
0: Now to close out, could you please end us in a prayer for all those affected by what is going on in Israel and Gaza?
1: Loving God, God of all justice and mercy, who have called us each by name and put us in this world that you love, to enjoy the blessings that you give us of creation, but most of all, the blessings of every human life that we encounter throughout our journey to heaven. Bless us along this journey. Teach us, remind us to respect every human being. For those of us who know and believe in Jesus as the Savior of all, Help us to see in his life, death, and resurrection the promise of our own lives to share an eternity in heaven. Help us to recognize that this is the time for us to develop those relationships and attitudes that will enable us to enjoy the saintly air of heaven by seeing all of our brothers and sisters of all fates, of all countries, of all times, as being called to that same destiny, to live in peace with one another and with the God who loves us. And we ask this in the holy name of our God of love. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for coming on.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Capital Compass Podcast. And thank you so much to Bishop Scharfenberger for coming on the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be taking a quick holiday break and be back in the new year. If you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And to catch all the latest from the conference, you can follow us on Instagram and X, formerly known as Twitter, at NYSCatholicConf and on Facebook at NYSCatholicConference. Thanks again, and God bless.